Hello, and welcome to Sobertown Podcast. I'm your host, Viv, and some of you know me as Sober I Thrive. Make sure to visit our website on SobertownPodcast.com. You will find our free Zoom calendars, Todd's modules for your sober toolbox, sober recovery stories, and our link to the Sobertown Facebook group on SobertownPodcast.com. I'll chat with guests and community members about topics related to sobriety and recovery. There are also a couple of sober communities called Boom, Rethink the Drink, and the I Am Sober app, where most of our website contributors met for SoberTownPodcast.com. Hello, SoberTown. I'm here to welcome our guest, Judy Wilkins-Smith world-renowned systemic work and constellations expert, motivational speaker, and author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. She's here to share her expertise on relinquishing the victimhood mindset and overcoming our generational traumas to make space for brighter futures. Welcome to Sobertown, Judy. Thanks, Vivid. It's great to be with you. Oh, likewise, likewise. So I wanted to say, first of all, I am a big fan of yours. I think the work that you are doing is amazing. And we'll get into what the work is, but I just wanted Thank to you. say that first of all. Because your work came into play into my life of sobriety. Initially, I thought I was just getting sober and putting down the drink. But, but through your work and your inspirational movement that you have that we can rewire. So if you wouldn't mind, if you can explain to our listeners, what is systematic work and constellations? Okay, so it's systemic work. You had it perfectly right the first time. Everybody goes, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So systemic work is work around the system. You didn't just get to be who you are in a vacuum. It's a result of, of many generations before you and all of the things that they've said, not said, done, not done, all the actions, all the feelings. So you don't just inherit physical DNA, you also inherit your emotional DNA, your patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, all of those. So what you think is yours is often not yours, but it's echoing all the way down to you because you are the change agent and it's looking for you. So that's the first piece. A constellation is that that centers around the work that I do live mostly at live events. And what it is, is we literally take What's in your brain? In other words, those thoughts and feelings. And we put them out in front of you by either using pieces of paper or live representatives, which means that all of a sudden, up pops your system and you can actually see it. So we're making the unconscious conscious and the invisible visible. Now, when people see it, if there's sort of a jolt, because we're not used to actually seeing what we're thinking. And often they, their initial jolt there's kind of a wow, because they, they suddenly realize, okay, wait a bit, I can, I can actually walk in this. I'm listening to myself. I'm seeing my whole system. 
I am looking at what happened. Now I can see the relationships between the different pieces of this puzzle, say mom, dad, me, sister, whatever it is. I can see who's engaged, who's disengaged, who's closest to whom, who's furthest away, and the insights start popping. And so at a live event, what happens is there's a very quick, often there's a jolt and you'll actually see somebody almost jump and then they start to rewire in the moment. And it's that very big aha moment that takes off to the next level. I think many, so many times people will come to me and say to me, my brain wasn't thinking the same after that. My body didn't feel the same after that. I'm not thinking the same thoughts. I'm not even wanting the same language. So it will switch on and off and on patterns. It'll often switch off an old pattern and switch on the other pattern that's trying to emerge. So that's a constellation. It's a very dynamic, interactive breakthrough piece. And when people do that, they will say to me as well, I've been working on this for 20 years and you've just worked on it for an hour and a half and there's a shift. How? It's because you have that embodied sense or sensation or experience and you have this total shift that's going on in the moment. So it's that, that, oh, uh -huh. wow, that's incredible. That's fascinating. I wanted to get right into this. So it, the topic that we're going to be speaking about as a whole, uh, the topic was the perilous rise of the culture of victimhood. I mean, you cover many, many topics. We'll have Judy's links because she's going to be doing a live event and it's going to be in Orlando. And if you could, wouldn't mind giving us the information really quickly. Sure. It is um, in Orlando at Disney World, November 5 through 8. So what we do is during the day, you work really hard on here. And during the night, you work, you play really hard on here. So it's five through eight at Disney World. And the topic is money DNA it's because you also inherit your money DNA. So uh, we take a look at that. But people who att attend that particular event often say they, yeah, I walked out with fuller pockets, but a much fuller heart too. Oh, that's beautiful. That is a beautiful transformation. It's everything like that you have taught that is inherited, not even knowing why we do the things that we do but much looking at it inherently. So I think it, that workshop is amazing. I'm going to try to be there. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm quite a fan. So today we'll be covering the perilous rise of the culture of victimhood. What does that mean? Okay, so I, you know what? I swear I'm going to relabel it at some stage too. I'm going to relabel it the perilous rise and the lovely demise of victimhood because we need to do both stuff. With a, with a perilous rise, somebody said to me or asked me the other day, do I think it's social media that's enabled it and why do we do it? First of all, it's quite probable that social media has enabled it, but I keep looking and thinking, well, if they could enable that, just imagine what else they really could enable. But what we've done is we've glamorized, sancti sanctified, sanitized, monetized being the victim. And it sounds fun and it sounds like well, I should get that because I was hurt and harmed, but we've got to be really, really careful because if you do that, if you keep operating in that mode, eventually you become the perpetrator. Only 10 times worse if you don't have the insights that go with it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that there are not victims. Of course, there are victims. And in fact, I would guess most of us have been a victim at some point or another. 
but it's what you do with it that counts. If you're just going to sit and say, me too, me too, me too, it also happened to me, good luck with that. All you're going to do is be miserable and a victim. What are you doing? So the fact that we've glamorized it, we look at, at celebrities, we look at people out there and we go, well, you see, they're suffering too. So it makes me belong. And it's dangerous to belong that way. All living systems have three principles, the balance of give and receive, order and belonging. And this one is all about the belonging. We belong, but it's not a good way to belong at all. And we do awful things belonging as a victim. We then start to victimize others or we lock ourselves into a box. And that's not helpful and it's not joyful and it's very not magical. Not at all. Not at all. One of the things that we have in, in community in one of our sayings is connection beats addiction. So, right. yeah, in this, in what you're talking about, it, to be very careful about what kind of connections we're reverberating and redoing and thinking all over again. Because one of the things is that I see is finding validation in our trauma. Mm -hmm. and, right. What does that mean? Finding validation in the trauma. Oh, you're so brave, you amazing person. And here's where it leads to next, because I've seen this too. You're so brave. Yes, well, you know, I'm over that now and I'm very wealthy, but do you see what it costs me? In other words, we can't even enjoy the wealth because we first got to tell everybody how much it costs us so that they don't think we're like those wealthy people who, by the way, are often rather lovely, but because they've discovered that money isn't the enemy. but we. When somebody says, oh, I mean, you just go, you see, everybody loves me. The universe loves me because I suffered so well. Come on, people. The universe equally loves people who triumph well. So let's just be clear. I love a good inspiration. I don't always need to go pat, 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 pat. No. I think that that's beautiful because... Uh, as we know in neuroscience, the way to rewire our minds is through joy. And when you're joy, gratitude, kindness, those three are the, oh, and excitement, number four, kind of have appetite. So sorry, you were saying that. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's so true because one of the things is getting sober is it, it can be many ways, but one of the ways that it is slower and it slows down. And, and it's congruent with what you're talking about is you do it through joy. So when you're not commiserating in, yeah, you know, I'm a victim and yeah, I went through it and yeah, that is a slow way to rewire their mind, make it hit. very slow. And when we do it through joy, it allows for the mind to go faster, which brings me to the next point. Wait, wait, before you even go okay. to that next point, because it's really important. Yeah, what yeah. You is important. What you're using is elevated emotions to get you there. What, you're, what you shouldn't be using is lower level emotions. The anger, the justification, the revenge, the whatever it is, those don't help you and they won't help you get there any quicker. So what you're talking about is using elevated emotions. And then the other piece that's hugely important is that you've, your brain has got to tell your body a story that your body can believe. When those are in sync, up you go. Wow. That's just, that's, that, that's the recomposition or regeneration of our DNA. 
Please. It is. It absolutely is. It's one new thought, one new feeling, one new action with elevated emotion. And you're going to be on your way. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Negativity bias. What is negativity bias? We are born and raised. Pretty much doesn't matter whether you're not in a religion or in a religion or in a particular religion. With all of that around us in the world, we're taught, be careful, watch out, don't do that. You shouldn't watch it. Oh, no, that's not a good idea. And then we're taught, you know what, be humble. But we don't know what being humble means. Because sometimes to stand in the spotlight is very, very humble. You're actually putting yourself out there and you're daring to show who you are. So we get taught, be humble, uh, don't be greedy. In other words, for heaven's sake, don't have an appetite for life and make a lot of money because you're going to make me look cheap. All of these things are what we're told. Instead of get out there, have an appetite, really enjoy what you're doing, be passionate. And if you do well and you get rich, teach me, show me how. Because money's awesome and it's playing with you. So I wanted to play with me. But yeah, no, we're, we're wired to, you poor thing, it's so sad. We're very humble. You're born in sin, you live in sin. Try to do that well. Please die nicely and you might get seat L34 at the top. No. No. Wow. It, it really reminds me when I, I first became sober. And I know that this is something that I've heard throughout Zooms in our community. It's even hard to take a, a compliment. Yes. And that, and here's the, the deal about taking compliments. In the graph of life, you're plotting your graph all the time. But what do we do? We're always populating it with all the things that are wrong with me that I need to fix. What about all the things that are right with you that you could use to be of service to yourself and to the world? So stop listening to the inner jerk and start listening to, to the, the inner champion. Really? I love that. I, I love that. It is the inner jerk. You know, the addict mind loves the chatter and it gives the down to the demise. You know, I think we. You're dying now. You're in trouble. Oh boy. Here we go. No. By the way, we're, and then you, you decide I'm going to do something amazing. And the little voices start. Those little voices, for anybody who doesn't know this, those are the multi-generational mindset voices. They're not yours, but they're sure there to remind you what's, what's happened back there. Oh, my God. I love this. I love this because it's so much so it's is uh, that was my next question. Is it a generational issue? Are the younger generations responsible for romanticization of suffering? Or does it apply to a culture as a whole? I think it applies to us as a whole. And I will say, I think sometimes we have younger generation. I don't even know if it's younger generation or if it's, if it's demographics, but we have this kind of activist mindset, but we don't seem to use it wisely. We don't go, this is wrong. Let's stop it. And what can we do that's good? We go, this is wrong. We're going to kill you for that. Because now you should suffer. It's, nobody wins. You never win that way. It's, it's a little bit like when you say this demographic should pay this demographic because their grandparents were hurt by that. You can't do that either. What you can do is look at each other and say, how do we do this differently? But there seems to be this whole idea of bring everybody uh, into account. Let's just log the lot. Well, if all you're ever looking for is the negative, 
congratulations. I promise you, you will find it. It's so true. That's so true. I We were discussing before the podcast that we have in our community that part of pour me, pour me, pour me a drink. Yes. So yes. It's, it's that chatter, that chatter. It's the chatter, but it's also, you know, you really want to ask yourself, what am I lending my brain to? Where am I investing my time and my thought? Because again, if it's, if it's to a community that's going bad, 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 but switch off, tune out, really go find yourself something nice to do and ask yourself, who have I smiled at today? Did I let somebody in the line in front of me make a difference today? What good things happened today? Because the victimization piece is just going to drag you down. And guess what? We then have another generation of the same. And we're smart enough to to know better. My other question, and thank you for that brilliant answer. It's it's so amazing. It is magical to understand. Oh, it's magical. We're very, very magical creatures. Before you get to that question, we think that we're not magical, but we're casting spells every single day with our words, because when we believe them, they become a truth until we undo them. So magic spells, yep, they come out of your mouth and into your body. Wow. Magic spells are like magic to the cells, huh? I love that. Oh, I am going to shamelessly steal that. It's going into my next piece of work. You may see it in November. I love it. I love it. I, so my question was generational trauma. Yes. So can we pass it down genetically? Uh, yes, you can epigenetically because you've got your genetic code or genetic strands, genetic code. That's that set. But those have markers on them that activate or deactivate. And it's what we're thinking and feeling and doing at the time that's going to activate or deactivate. You will hear a lot of people speak about the hormones of stress or living by the biology of stress and then by the biology of the love hormones or the the, uh, endorphins and that sort of thing. We're the ones who get to control that. We go, I don't have a control over that. When I'm angry, I'm angry. You chose that. Forget it. I'm so sad. You chose that. Now, yes, it doesn't mean we're, we're not feeling beings, but you chose that. Yeah, it, it, what I'm understanding is you can have the feeling, but being in it and staying in it is a choice, correct? Being in it and staying in it is a choice. And I got into trouble because somebody said to me, suffering is sacred. And I said, we're all going to suffer at some point. It's sacred if you use it to grow. If you use it to stew, it's stupid. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to use that one. There you go. How can we identify inherited trauma responses passed down through our family? And how can you free yourself of burdens? that are not our own. Okay, so first of all, how can we identify them? You identify them by by listening to your language. There are lots of ways to spot them. When you suddenly find you're very dogmatic or you're angry or you're super sad or you're incredible and and it's disproportionate to what's going on, you're probably looking at at a multi-generational pattern. It's a very good place to to look, especially if you're feeling stubborn or you get absolutely irrationally mad and sad. That's probably multi-generational. 
And you want to ask yourself, where does that come from? Because it doesn't belong to me, but I'm sitting with it. What do I need to do with this? And what do we do with it? What you do is you have a look at. So there are always in your life two patterns. Some trying to stop and a set trying to start. The ones trying to stop are the ones that are irritating you, making you sad, frustrated, and all of those lovely negative things. They're trying to stop. At some point, they were actually a solution for a problem, but they've outgrown being a solution and now they are the problem. And so that's the one trying to stop. The one trying to start is when you sit there and you go, oh, I wish I was going on that beach vacation or I wish I was going to, to uh, be wealthy. And you start to think about what it would be like to be wealthy or go on that vacation. That's the pattern trying to start. That's the positive one that says, you know what, if you start making choices, you could go on that vacation you were talking about. And if you make really good choices with your money, you could start to see that you get beyond paycheck to paycheck. Imagine what that would be like. Those are the two sitting next to each other. The multi-generational one is saying, I'm done, rest me. And the other one is saying, I'm the new guy in town. Take a look because we're changing this emotional DNA up a bit with gratitude to what got us here. Wow, that's beautiful. And looking at it with gratitude to what got us here is so freeing. Because it, what ends up happening is we're no longer the victims of what happened to us, but right. dream beings, which is what you talk about. And I love your book because it brings up all these points and how to do it and, and step by step. And I think I think it's a, a, a great honor to know thyself is and be able to discover what it is that we're doing. And you explain oh, and yeah, there's so much treasure in, in you, in youth. You're a remarkable life once you know how to see it. And thank you. Yes, in the book, I actually wrote it step by step by step so that anybody can pick it up and start taking those steps because life is an adventure. It's a big adventure, but you've got to take the steps to make it that or you're going to see the adventure come whistling by and go, I wonder what that was. True. That was your life, dude. That was your life. What steps can we take to rewire the thinking from negativity to positivity? Can we do it in that moment? How does that work? Yes. Um, yes, and I'm going to use myself as an example of that. Um, I was in a hospital room and, and the doctor walked in and said to my mom, you have cancer. And I remember walking outside into the hallway. And by the way, she's good, so... But I can remember walking out into the hallway and wanting to throw up. And I mean, that, that it was, you know, that, that state of overwhelm, which is awful. And I can remember standing there and thinking, be very, very careful. What you think now, what you feel now, and the actions you take right now are about to create your future. Be careful. And I stopped right there and I, I went, okay, that's. That's her journey there. I've got this journey with it as well. I can do that. How am I feeling? We're going to find out what we can do and we're going to take the steps. I, this is not a done deal. Let's take the steps and see where we go. What action did I take? People are going to laugh. My daughter teases me about it all the time. For some reason, and I was always the untidy kid growing up. 
my therapy is to tidy. I got home and I tidied everything. But it was taking those steps very consciously and almost, almost clumsily because people will say that feels fake. It's not fake. It's that we haven't done it a lot. But it's taking those steps and taking those steps and taking those steps and reminding myself on, on the bad days, hey, hey, really? This is serving you how? Your inner jerk is really having a, a day of its own. Stop. And then going and saying, what's the one nice thing that I can feel today? What's the one nice thing I can say today or think today? Okay, so I can smile for 17 seconds. I'll take it. I'll take it. Because it builds. It was the same as being an immigrant. So the first year I was terrified. What was, what's that saying? You're terrified you're going to die and you're a little bit worried you may not. Um, but it was, it was really putting one foot in front of the other and just going, keep your head straight. And it, it is people who have never been in that position where you have to put one foot in front of the other, where it is literally day to day. It's not, it's not owing six months. You're thinking day by day. But if you get into the habit of thinking at least one good thought, feeling one good feeling, taking one good action, you do start to pull yourself up and out of, out of the pigsty or the mess. And you will get there. It isn't even a question. You will get there. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's it's a beautiful way that you put it that instead of allowing that the feeling to move forward, interrupt it. And I call it angry cleaning. I do angry. There you go. You know, and interrupting that same way of being. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Put it in time out. Tell you don't get to come back in here until you can behave yourself. Stop. Love it. I love it. I love it. How can we build our emotional resilience? You know, it's catching yourself or noticing. We're very unconscious. We really are. We're super unconscious. Case in point, have you ever seen people where you walk into the supermarket and two old friends have suddenly met each other and nobody can get past them, so everybody's having to... Nobody can get to the source that they wanted because Jackie and Joe are standing there and they're occupying the space. We're very unconscious. It's, it's being conscious and catching yourself doing good things. If I've had a rough day, I will I'll sit down and say, okay, okay. First of all, what went right today? And secondly, what did you do that was good today? What did you do that was good? And when I've got that, then, okay, I can breathe. We're good. It's teaching myself to catch myself doing good. All, all of this that we just talked, spoke about, it's also there's evidence emotional that the emotional DNA can change, correct? Absolutely, your emotional DNA can change and it does change. It's a little bit like values. Your values change, they grow up. So does your emotional DNA. But the more you invest, in that emotional DNA, the more you change the limiting patterns and start expanding the other patterns, the quicker, and with your gratitude and elevated emotions, the quicker you're going to find your way into a life you really, really like. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. It, it makes it euphoric to be able to live that life then. At, 
Absolutely. Euphoric and well-deserved. We're very quick to punish ourselves. We're not always as quick to reward ourselves. And the reward, you know, we, we talk about it here in the sober community. The reward is the one day at a time. I, you know, I waking up sober and doing all those, changing those patterns and looking at your work and doing this parallel congruently with sobriety because you're already in that Plato place of being. Yes. Yes. You're very much in a Play-Doh place. I've had people who come to me with, with addiction problems or alcohol problems, and they go, I'm in such trouble. Life is terrible. And I said, no, you're kidding me. You've got one of the biggest adventures. You get to build your life the way you want because it sucks right now. It's so true. You so get it. You so get it exactly. Yeah. You get to be anything that you want. You get to you get to design your life and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. You may not love the choices that you've got right now, but you are at choice. And if you keep making good choices, you will get there. Now, what is a good choice and what is a bad choice? We know what the bad choices are. We're very clear. Saying I'll just have one or saying I'll just whatever it is is not going to do you any good because one becomes two becomes What's that one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor? You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're you're not coming back. Don't just don't even go there. Don't don't grab the tiger by the tail. So that's a person. Don't visit the the piece that's going to take you down the path. But look at what's bigger than that. In other words, if you have any kind of addiction problem, what would you like that is stronger than that? Would you like to be? wealthy? Would you like to be healthy? Would you like a great relationship? Do you want it enough that it out wants the drink or out wants the addiction? Whatever it is that you want, you've got to want so much that it's bigger than the addiction. Because if you want something that's big enough, it'll pull you past all of the the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions around the addiction. Oh my gosh, Judy. It, this is an amazing, amazing uh, talk that you've come to give to Sobertown. We greatly appreciate this interview, your time, and your expertise in enlightening us with all this information. Very helpful to our community. Thank you. You're so very welcome. That they need to understand that when you get when you dump yourself in the toilet. It usually means that it's because you have something very important to do out there. Don't forget it. Oh, that's beautifully, beautifully put because, yes, we're making a decision not to for a bigger decision that's out there. We're the game changers, right? Instead of making a decision not to, make a decision to. The decision to that is powerful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Silvertown listeners, Judy Wilkins-Smith. We will have all her links and we will have her website. Since I have you on, what is the best way for people to look up? Because I did, I, I saw you have different, you're going to be in different places. So if somebody just wanted to see where your next uh, seminar is, where could they yeah, find that? That would be on judywilkins-smith.com. And what they'll find there is they'll find the events. They will also find meditations. There are two very good meditations. 
And then what else will they find? Well, the book, the book is everywhere, but they can also find me. There's a lot of stuff that they can listen to on Spotify, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Oh yeah. Beautiful. And I also looked at, there's the YouTubes. There's a ton of beautiful YouTubes by you. So Silvertown, do yourself a, a favor. Look up Judy Wilkins-Smith. She's amazing. And we hope that, I hope that this has inspired you as much as it's inspired me. That is our gift. And that is what Sober Town's about. Thank you so much, Judy, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, tell a friend or someone you know, pass this podcast on. And my information is Viv, founder of Sober, ithrive.org. I'm an internationally certified in addiction recovery, other known as a sober coach and a life coach too. My certifications encompass the neuroscience of joyful recovery, roots of addictions, alcohol and its effects, dynamics of professional recovery coaching, motivation to change, right thinking in recovery, family issues in recovery, codependent behaviors in addiction, and ethical and legal issues in professional recovery coaching. Go to my website, SoberIThrive.org, and book your free, confidential, 30-minute call. We can help create the sober warrior within you.